I led with fear with a lot of bosses because I was afraid to ask for a day off. I was afraid to ask for things that I needed. And by the way, what I ended up doing was taking my power away and giving it to them. And then they were only able to manipulate and hurt me more. You have a dream, you have a goal, and you have the passion and drive to get after it. You're committed, you sacrifice, you bust your ass. And then shit falls apart. You've pushed yourself to the brink and your finish line that you had in sight is now your burnout line. Things are coming at you like fists to the face and your mental strength just got a freaking right hook from Mike Tyson. Now emotionally bruised, beaten and to your knees, you find yourself with a choice. You can stay down. You can tap out. You can wait for the bell to ring and pack your bags on your dreams. Or like today's guest, you can get back up. Having busted her butt for years, today's woman of impact seemed to have it all. She went from practicing her vein of white moves while serving donuts to one of the most sought after TV journalists on the planet. An Emmy Award winner, former on-air correspondent for Today, Extra, Access Hollywood, E! News and Entertainment Tonight, an actress and a best-selling author, it really did seem like she had it all. So she ignored the headaches. She had to be on set. She ignored the blurry vision. She had a show to do. She ignored her slurred speech. She was living her dream after all. She even joked it was a brain tumor until the fateful day she found out it was. This news came shortly after she discovered her mum had stage four brain cancer. But guys, she is the epitome and definition of what it looks like to have mental bad artery. In fact, if you actually look up mental strength in the dictionary, you'll find her headshot right next to it. Having faced utter fatigue, burnout, overwhelm, and devastation, she is here, guys, to share with us what tools and tricks she used to make healthy pivots, put herself first, as well as be there for her family, all while showing up every day to inspire people all around the world as host of the Better Together podcast. So guys, please, it is with great honor and excitement to welcome today's woman of impact, my Greek sister, the mind-blowingly inspiring Maria Menounos. Oh my goodness. I mean, I have tears coming out of my eyes hearing that and... Wow. What you've been through, your journey, and then the lessons that you have learned and how you're talking about them and showing up every day to be able to inspire other people that are going through it is so damn admirable. And so that's why I'm so excited to have you on the show today. And I really want to start with a quote of yours that really hit me. When there is something wrong with our car, we take it to the mechanics. When there is something wrong with us, we tell it to shut up. I've got shit to do. I don't have time for you. Now, take me back to when you started to feel that in like you have the dream job and you're just ignoring the signs. Talk to me about the signs specifically and then what habits you felt were detrimental to your health in order for those signs to then appear. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, being a workaholic seemed like a cool thing. And I was from the time I made it in the business at first, it was very overwhelming. And I'm a really really hard worker. I'm Greek. I mean, it's like ingrained in our DNA. Um, and I still wasn't able to figure it all out. And I remember 
you know, I was eating fast food all the time and I'd end up in the hospital with like dehydration or, you know, low potassium, or I just was getting sick all the time. So I was no stranger to kind of putting myself in the back seat for my career because I had a big dream and to achieve it, you got to give it your everything. So I'm at E, I decide, oh gosh, you know, we're not able to have kids. I, you know, there's some fertility situation here and it had been years of trying. So I said, let's just get the IVF thing done and I'll have some in the freezer waiting for us when we're ready. I'm not even joking, Lisa. I would fit it into a 15 minute window during the day before I shot during a little lunch moment, I would rush to Beverly Hills get to the doctor. They would take me the second I walked in, they put the thing inside of me, check my ovaries, check my like eggs, whatever, out, rush back to work. I don't know anyone who could probably say that they were able to get IVF um, treatments within like a 15 minute window. Like you're there all day, you're hours of like waiting and stuff. 15 minutes. I, that's all I had to devote to this. So I was taking medication and there was this progesterone part of the medication. I remember calling my doctor and saying, I want to drive my car through a brick wall. My head hurts so bad. I'm in so much pain and I have rage and I don't feel well. And she goes, stop the medication, stop the medication. And I didn't know what was happening. I felt like I was exploding in my head. And then my mom gets diagnosed with stage four brain cancer. And so now... I have the worst news that I could be dealt. I'm horrified. I'm devastated. And I start, you know, of course, taking care of her. We flew her to Los Angeles from Connecticut, surgery, radiation, chemo. And as I was in the midst of taking care of her, the headaches were getting stronger. And now I was off that medication, but I was getting these random headaches, but I wasn't paying attention because I was so busy. And I also thought, that anything that was happening to me in those moments was just stress of taking care of my mom and the fears attached to, is she going to make it? And so I just, you know, let it go. And yeah, I was slurring my speech on stage at E and I would joke, I'm like, oh, that's my stupid brain tumor. Because now at this point I had experience with brain tumors with my mom and I know those are like symptoms and side effects, right? never once believing I had a brain tumor, but I just would crack jokes to like make up for the fact that I wasn't on par with what I normally am like on set. I never, I'm a one take person. Everybody would always joke. And now I'm having multiple takes and my tongue's getting stuck and my head's popping and I'm taking, you know, Tylenol all the time and I never take anything. And so an earache took me to the doctor because I thought I had an ear infection. And I said, okay, well, I think I have to deal with this. This is, you know, if I have an infection, then I got to deal with it. So I went and he's like, you don't have an ear infection, but what else are you feeling? And I started rattling off the symptoms. Oh, I'm getting a lot of headaches. Oh, my speech, shit, I'm slurring my speech. And oh my God, I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think I have a brain tumor like my mom. And he was like, uh, I don't think you're crazy, but I definitely don't like what you're saying. He's like, let's just get an MRI to rule it out. And then from there, what I did was I kept postponing my MRI because my mom was doing worse now. My mom, they said her tumor was growing. And so I'm in like full panic mode trying to figure out how to deal with that. And so I told my assistant, just push it off, push it off, keep pushing it off. And then I also thought to myself, 
I'm crazy. I'm probably just dehydrated. I'll drink some more coconut water on set. I started drinking more coconut water on set and I actually felt a little better. And I was like, I'm not going to waste resources and, and get an MRI and all this stuff. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm just nuts. And so the day came that my assistant was like, hey, you know, your MRI is this Friday night at 10 p.m. at UCLA. And I'm like, what? Who does an MRI at 10 p.m.? I was like, I guess I have no plans. Let's go for it. So I did. And then we found out um, that I as well had a brain tumor, which if you know anything about brain tumors, it's um, it's like lightning striking. That's what the genetic you know, doctors who study this, the genetic researchers have said, it's like lightning striking and they're not connected. And so, um, yeah. And that was the beginning of my own journey within my mom's journey that has led me to many epiphanies, many shifts in life and transformation and yeah, my show better together and, um, everything that I'm doing now. Wow. There's so much to unpack there, girl. Um, and I really want to take it in stages in, People listening at home right now, a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed, stressed, there's so much coming at them. And Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about, in hindsight, what would you have actually done differently? Because this is like, I love that you're no BS like me. So here's the truth. I think you were as successful as you are because you were putting so much time and effort into it, because you were that driven, because you were willing to sacrifice. And yet it led you to having this tremendous sickness and putting it off, like putting off an MRI, right? Really does, I think, highlight the situation where you're in, where you're like, I'm living my dream. I've got to go. I've got to go. I've got to keep going. And yet you have a brain tumor. So people listening right now, how would you advise them? Because if it's, I really want to be successful. I want to be as successful as Maria. In hindsight, how would you suggest they do that? without getting to the point where they were, which you found yourself, where you ended up having a brain tumor and stress and your whole body just shut down. Yeah, I think it's like levels of learning, right? So I had to learn in the beginning of my journey how to manage a schedule better and how to figure out, like I, when I got really, really sick at one point, I said, that's it. I have to prioritize my health and my well-being. And so I said, I'm not eating fast food anymore. If I can't take 10 minutes to sit and eat a meal, there's something wrong here. And so I implemented that like years ago, like 10 years ago, let's say. That was like a big thing. And then after that, I think, you know, the other thing is, is when you can do so much, you want to do it. Right. And so your schedule just naturally fills up and now you're a human doing and not a human being anymore. And so one of the things that I've learned in hindsight, which is really helpful to share with people is you are not a machine, you are not a robot. And if you just take a little bit of time for yourself, you will not fail. Okay. Yes. There's no way you're going to succeed without giving it everything, but you can give yourself 10 minutes a day to meditate. Okay. And you can give yourself a doctor appointment here or there. I led with fear with a lot of bosses because I was afraid to ask for a day off. I was afraid to ask for things that I needed. And by the way, what I ended up doing was taking my power away and giving it to them. And then they were only able to manipulate and hurt me more. Right. So there was a toxicity within that, but that was because I gave my power away by leading with fear. And so the way to reclaim that is to to lead empowered and say, I value myself as a human 
and I should be able to go to the doctor. And if they don't value me enough, then maybe this isn't the right thing or the right place. And trust me, the second you shift your energy, they will respect you. I, the few times I stood up for myself in this business, people respected me. The rest of the time, it's almost like that kind of victimhood mm-hmm. begets victimhood. And so I was bringing an energy I didn't even realize to the table by being so afraid. And so you have to value yourself enough to give yourself the basic needs. But when you feel something, just like the car analogy, you have to value yourself enough to investigate it and go further. Now, there's another layer of this that's really hard. And that is sometimes the doctors aren't going to get it right either. They're going to send you home and say you're crazy, especially if you're a female. That is more likely to happen if you're a female. And then they may not see it. I have a friend just now who is recovering from spine surgery. She had back pain for 15 years. She suffered. And no one knew until her most recent MRI, and she had many, they saw the tail of something. And then when they did a different version of the image, they saw a tumor that spanned the whole length of her spine. And she just had major back surgery to remove it and now has to relearn how to walk. Every doctor, every specialist, everyone had looked at it. So you also have to go one layer further. When you're not validated for your pain, you've got to keep fighting to find it. So I have to throw that in there. But yeah, yeah it, it's it's a lot. So dude, you, you just hit on something so powerful. So you went from this person that was very fearful of speaking up. You even said, I only spoke up a couple of times to now someone who's questioning doctors to being like, take back your power. Like, don't let, don't just trust them. Like actually trust your gut. Listen, do the research. Um, how do you make that shift? So I'm definitely guaranteed that wasn't overnight. I assume that there's a lot of um, work that goes behind the scenes on things you have to say to yourself, tactics and things. Um, because I, I heard you say, the second you found out you had a tumor, the first thing that went through your mind is, oh God, I don't know if anyone will hire me again. So that is so powerful. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up is the juxtaposition of what you're saying now seems like two different human beings. So really talk to me about how someone right now that's listening that has that fear, it's really strong, Maria, they're going down a dark, dangerous path of their health and how they can start to slowly make a pivot, make a change so that they can Mm -hmm. then become empowered like, you know, like you're saying. Yeah, it's really, it it isn't an overnight thing, right? So I had to learn the hard way that I was kind of going against the universe. You know, I went to Tony Robbins seminars starting in 2014 and started arming myself with tools. And those tools came in handy in these moments. And so there have been different levels of growth that have occurred since, you know, then. And so when the moment hit and my mom was diagnosed, I had some things in my pocket that were able to help me, some tools in my tool belt. And then as I went through my journey, my journey ended up being a little bit even more spiritual. So I reached out to the Esther Hickses of the world and the Wayne Dyers and all of these people who were, um, who were, you know, listening to the universe and listening to their inner guidance. And that was something that, I had trouble with, even though I was very intuitive and I had seen the rewards of listening to the intuition, I wasn't fully trained to like the muscle wasn't strong enough. So I started to train that muscle and I had to with my mom because I wanted her to live. I wanted her to be the less than 1% that lived five years. I wanted her to be with me. So 
I knew I had to be her Tom Brady and I had a quarterback for care and I couldn't just lay it on someone's doorstep, right? Because you know your patient better than anyone ever will. <laughs> so I know my mom. I know what she will do. I know what she won't do. I I can tune in. I've lived with her my whole life. I can tune in and I can say, I think this is actually what we need to do. And so I built a collaborative team with her doctors where they they trusted me as much as I trusted them. And we had a really good like symbiosis. And so um, when they told me her tumor was growing, I had already pre-researched a facility in Mexico because of a guest I had on my show. And I just listened, right? Like when I would say, God, show me what I need to do next with her. So they tell me her tumor is growing. Here's one example. My like, God, show me what I need to do next. The next day I have a WWE wrestler on my show, Diamond Dallas Page. And he, I'm talking about my mom on the show and he goes, oh my God, my wife had breast cancer. We went to Mexico, cured her. It was amazing. She's in the, in the green room right now. You should talk to her. I was like, ding, ding, ding. Thank you, God. Okay. Went in, chatted with her about this place in Mexico. And then that weekend we were off to Mexico to go research this place because I knew there might be a moment when I would need them. And I didn't want to be in a moment of panic and not have a, uh, a plan ready. So we went, we researched it. I got to see the facility. I got to meet the, the doctors and the, the people behind it. So when the moment came and the tumor was growing, supposedly, I said to the doctor, I said, how much time do I have? I'd love to take her to Mexico for like two weeks and just kind of like feel out our decision. And he's like, yeah, you, you can you can do that. And from that moment on, her tumor just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. And then we had like almost two years of just peace. And so, I mean, outside of the side effects of radiation and other things that we couldn't control, but the tumor was at bay. And so at every juncture I've asked and the right person was in front of me at the right time to share something, to, to show me a new way. And I've learned to listen to that from myself and from my mom. And I know that this journey I was placed on, I was placed on for a reason. I was shifted out of entertainment news into this health wellness kind of space because I was going to be able to transform our traumas into lessons for other people. Mm. And I was going to be able to share another way, a way that people didn't even think was possible, perhaps, right? So that they could have hope. Tom Brady shows that at 43 years old, you can still be going to Super Bowls. You could still be at the top of your game. Your body could still be at the top of its performance that you can come back from 20 to three at, you know, at, at the Super Bowl and win. He showed us a whole other level we didn't know was possible. And I know that that's what we're doing with my mom. And that's why this show has been so important because I'm bringing in all these healers, all these doctors, all these people who are thinking outside of the box because there are a lot of people who will come into your life with their limitations and advise you with their limitations, right? Like right now I have doctors who are looking at my mom and they're like, you know, this is it. And I'm like, maybe, maybe not. In your experience, maybe it is. In my experience, I've only seen miracles with my mom. Now, I can't control what's going to happen. God has a plan, but... I'm going to still believe in a miracle because that's the energy I want around her. And I know our beliefs create a chemistry in our bodies that makes shit happen. So I'm going to do it. I believe in all of this. And I know that a lot of my success was due to that, the visualization and the, the, the belief. I like had to pin my mouth shut so that I wasn't <laughs> screaming and cheering as you were, as you were saying all that girl. Like I want to like just raw raw you because here's the thing, whether it's a health issue or not that you're dealing with, 
the 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 base and the foundation of what you said that's so powerful is perspective is everything so for you it's you didn't take other people's word as gospel right your perspective of this is just one person's opinion the fact that you were willing to be open right you said that you um you pray so now you've got these things that you're open to it your your perspective is um being shifted you had said that you even to the point where like you're texting people like oh my god this is a nightmare and you'll delete the word nightmare and put the word over uh, challenging challenging yeah. yeah and in that right that is a perfect example to encompass everything you've just said perspective is everything if you think life is challenging if you think that you're done for then you're going to act in accordance but for you the fact that you were open you're like no i know i can get through this right the perception of you can versus the perception of you can't and mm-hmm. that i'm not just going to accept what people tell me i'm going to take ownership like there's so much there that built built that foundation that has allowed you now to see all these amazing opportunities and grab them by the balls if you will right um mm-hmm. versus people that see opportunities that go by and so in your story girl everything you just laid out really is that thought process of how you can change your life by changing the way you think um so yeah. i freaking love that so well, no much. one's gonna care about you as much as you do mm-hmm. right like no one's going to want my mom to live more than me. So I have to be the one to, to really think of every angle and every possibility. Right. And doctors are also as amazing as they are. They're also limited, between, you know, with the, the system that's in place. Right. You know, they get sued if they say something and, you know, if they tell you to try something that's not FDA approved or whatever, so they, they can't tell you a lot of things as well. So that's why you have to do it on your own. And if you're willing to do the hard work, you can cure yourself, mostly. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it. 
especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Well, talk to me about the hardware then, because I've got a quote of yours that says, pain can be our greatest teacher. Now, in those moments of pain, in those moments of hardship, that's the last thing you're really thinking of, right? You're not like sitting there going, this really sucks, but I'm sure there's a lesson. Like maybe, you know, if you've trained yourself half an hour later, an hour later, you start to see maybe there's like a lesson in this pain. But while you're actually going through the pain, what do you tell yourself? Like, are you mentally processing? Like, okay, reminding yourself, this is my teacher. Because it is so hard, girl, when you feel the pain to not go, this fucking sucks. Why is this happening to me? And not have that kind of Debbie Downer mentality. Yeah. Okay. So again, a lot of this is like the training that you have to keep seeking out, right? You have to keep seeking out these thought leaders and these teachers that show you these things. Like, like to me, problems are portals, right? So they're, they're kind of like our doorway to our next best self. So it's like, we're going to always have problems in our lives. It's just how we're going to tackle them. Are we going to react or are we going to respond? Are we going to look at it and be like, Oh my God, can you believe this is happening to me? Like, you know, we all have that friend that's like, and then this happened and then that happened and then this happened and then that happened. And so I really try hard not to do that. And like I said, like you said, I try hard to like, I mean, I had two parents in two different hospitals with COVID. It was an extremely challenging time. And there were moments where it was so much. And, and, and I was like, I didn't want to use the word nightmare because then I was like, I'm going to invite more of a nightmare. So I just wouldn't use the word. Words are really powerful, but you know, you can, you can take these moments in your life that are challenging, that are, that are problems, that are traumas, and they can be your fuel. And I know that sounds really, um, hard, but I'm looking at my mom every single day and I'm saying, okay, um, how can we not let this be in vain? I said to her just the other day, I said, mom, I want you to know, I'm so sorry that you're going through this, but I want you to know it's not in vain. You're inspiring people. You're sharing hope with people or helping people every day with this show. Like this was, I was shifted into this for a reason, I believe. And yes, I'm not making the money I was making. Yes. I have to worry if I can keep my health insurance. Yes, I have to worry about worry or wonder about all these things and are they going to work out? But I know I'm protected and I'm guided. And I know that this is happening for me, not to me, as Tony has trained and taught me. So I had a, a Reiki healer recently who said to me something that really was just so powerful. She's like, if you didn't have your traumas, would you have activated as quickly as you did? And I was like, oh my God, because I mean, I, 
succeeded at 22 years old. I was a millionaire by 23 or 24 or whatever. So would I have activated as quickly if it wasn't so bad I had to get out? Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't have. And guess what? I wouldn't trade it for the world because I can do EMDR to get rid of my traumas. <laughs> and I can, you know, heal myself in a multitude of ways. And that's where you have to realize that your pain, your traumas, they can all be your fuel. They can be your um, your ally in pr- your pursuit of your dream. You actually have an advantage over someone who has had no difficulties. There are people that everyone's going to have a different level, right? Everyone's mm. going to have some level of issue and trauma or whatever. But the people who have it easier not to be envied because then they don't know how to handle life when it hits. You know, we have a different kind of training when we've had the bumps and the bruises and the scathings like that's, that's actually a good thing for us. It sucks in the moment, but if you can shift out of the victimhood quickly and say, what is the lesson I'm supposed to be learning here? Why is this happening for me, not to me? And then after that, it was, okay, here are some rules. Comedy must rule because we already have one situation. I'm not going to add to the pain in this family. I'm going to alleviate it and I'm going to make this fun and funny um, and I'm going to look at this as a blessing because it's going to be the catalyst for me to change my life because I was on a path that wasn't serving me anymore. I was trapped in a dream that wasn't my dream anymore. When we grow up, we have these dreams and then we grow out of them, but then we don't realize we can grow out of them because that was my dream. Well, guess what? It could be your dream till 30 and then you've done it and now it's not serving you anymore. It's not filling you anymore. So now you need a new one, right? So now... I have a new one. Oh my God. Okay. I was so trying to hold all the gems that you just said there in my head. So the first thing I love, and I heard it in an interview, I literally, I was in the middle of eating as I was listening to you interview and I almost choked on my food because I laughed out loud. You were <laughs> you were talking to actually Ed Milet, who's just an awesome dude. Yes. You were talking to him and you said, oh yeah, like, so I was having surgery on like my birthday and I was in the car and I'm like, party. And I was like, that's, that's the freaking gem right there. That's yeah. the freaking gem, girl, because when you can shift, like, it sucks. Of course it does. Like, it's life-threatening. So all of that is there whether you acknowledge it or not. But you have the choice to go in mm-hmm. and think, is this the end of my life? Or let's have a party. It's my birthday. Like, it yeah. was so beautiful that you said that, and I loved that so much. Um, and then the second part of what you were saying about reaching your goal and then, make like, reassessing, is this actually what I, what I want to do? The same thing happened to me yeah. we built quest i thought it was like the freaking dream i built a billion dollar business and i was miserable and my health was to shit so i'm like well what was the point in having all this success when i literally Maria, couldn't stand up for longer than five minutes at a time my hair was falling what? out my nails were brittle so while on the surface right the dream oh my god you've got there the reality doesn't always um tie in and so that's mm-hmm. the next thing i really want to talk to you about is redefining what the success looks like because i heard you mm-hmm. oh my god girl this broke my heart and also i just want to pick your brain because we both have greek fathers so that you wrote a letter Ooh. to your dad yeah. oh my god talk to me about that letter it's given me the chills just saying it um mm-hmm. talk to me about that and then what that meant to you and what you had to do to actually write that Oof, I think like I'm in a super emotional time with my family right now, so it's already getting me. But, um, you know, especially when you're like a first generation, you know, kid, you want to make your parents so proud, right? And that was always like my goal. 
And so with this kind of new perspective on life, I was like, oh my God, I was so tired. Um, I was over it all. And um, I really wasn't afraid of dying at all. I was like, cool, cool, I'm tired. Like, I really honestly didn't care anymore. And so um, I wrote letters the weekend before surgery to my mom, my dad, and to my husband. And I said, you know, the one that was the most emotional was to my dad because my mom, you know, I didn't have that same pressure with her, right? She was just, she loved me no matter what. Not that my dad doesn't, but um, there's just something different with your dad. And so I wrote him a letter and I said, you know, I, I'm going to live a different life on the other side of this. If I come out the other side, it's going to be very different. And I'm not going to be doing things just to show people that I'm successful. And um, you might not have things to brag about anymore at church. You might not even see me on TV. Um, but I'm going to live my life for me and what makes me happy. And I'm not going to be, um, I'm not going to be the same. And I hope you'll still love me. And I hope you'll still be proud of me. And I mean, when I was writing it, I couldn't even get through it. And then when I it, like I mean it was like so hard and I gave the letters to my best friend and I said when I'm under give everybody their letters and so um yeah he never asked me again what because you always would be so worried about my career like when I would leave a, a show to go to another show he was like <gasps> I'm like yeah no I already have to deal with um, it's fine everything's fine and he's like Maria what are the people they're gonna say if something happened I'm like yeah, no no I, I have a deal I'm leaving I'm going here it's fine you're gonna hear an announcement soon it's gonna be fine he was always so stressed and so worried and um he never asked me again what I was doing I was enough that's really heavy girl um I, I'm in the same boat in the sense of my dad's very, very Greek man. It's the same. And to think about what that would take to write a letter like that. Um, did you worry about um, how he would perceive it? Um, no, because at that point, like all of it just didn't matter anymore. Right. He was either going to be on board or he wasn't. I wasn't changing how I was going to live. And so that was that. That's so strong. So how do you have that mentality? Because so many people do honestly live their lives for their parents. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of cultural pressure, both me and you know that from the Greek side of things. But there's so many women that literally reach out to me saying, my mom, my dad, they want me to do this. I don't want to disappoint them. Um, mm -hmm. To have to be strong enough to say that, to say I've made up my mind, and as a parent, while I love you, you have to either accept it or not. Um, where do you think that strength comes from? Was it just like, I'm going to die, so this is really the only option I have? Was it like that dramatic, or was it, yeah, what was it? I think I, I grew up watching family members just do what pleased their parents, and I saw the negative side effects of it all. I saw people who fell in love with someone who wasn't Greek and then they weren't allowed to marry them. And they said, okay. And then they were miserable forever. Um, I watched um, so many things like that happen that just were tragic and just didn't make any sense. And if family's supposed to love you, 
there's not supposed to be conditions on love, right? You know, it's not supposed to be like, I love you if you do what I say. <laughs> and I watched that and I always like, even though I was super obediently said, I still would buck the system. Hmm. I would tell my dad the craziest things from the time I was 13. I'm like, I'm going to move to LA someday. I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to marry, you know, this person, that person. I would just like say things that would shock his system to get him ready for what was to come. And that I wasn't going to do things his way all the time. It was going to be till I was 18. I would play his rules. But then after that, I was going to live my life. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want me to, it's terrified of me being in this business. And we didn't speak for a year and a half. Oh, I met my husband. Oh, yeah. When I met Kevin, oh, the whole family turned on me. It was an ugly situation. Um, and it was because he was Xeno. He was a Greek. <laughs> For, yeah, for those people yeah, out there, so, that's what the Greeks call them when you're marrying someone outside of your culture. It's a xeno. It's like a visitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So we spent Christmases, Thanksgivings alone in, in LA. It was awful because I just was not going to have, I was like, dad, like you have to accept him or that's it. This is the person that I love. And mm-hmm. um, so I had to like lay my boundaries down and I think at this point, people know I mean business when I say something. Kevin has a joke. So I quit eating chicken after a Tony Robbins seminar. I quit eating meat, but then I got super anemic and I couldn't not eat red meat. That was just something that just didn't work for my body. But I still haven't eaten chicken. And so when I quit something, I quit something. So I quit soda, like I quit. And Kevin, so if like I say something like, uh, yeah, no, that person's definitely not going to be in my life anymore. And that's that. I wish them well, and that's fine. And Kevin goes, yeah, she doesn't eat chicken. <laughs> she doesn't eat chicken. And that just means, like, when I say something, I mean it. We have to live for us or we will die inside. You will get sick. Read Anita Morjani's book, Dying to Be Me. If that isn't a perfect example of why you need to live for yourself, and I had read that before um, I'd gone on this journey, you know, you got to live for yourself and then your parents will accept you. Again, you're giving over your power, even to them. You're giving it to them. And I'm going to say, Maria, though, some parents don't accept them. And I, it's sad, but I still believe in everything you're saying. Like if I love my family more than life itself, right? The Greek family, the love, the passion, like you do everything for your family. But even that I'll do everything except give away my power. Yeah. And they're humans, right? So like, listen, there, there are people who don't have relationships with their mom or their dad for various reasons and great reasons. Sometimes they're humans, even though you're, they're your parents are humans. Now I can't imagine a more painful experience. I had a year and a half of it and it was excruciating, not talking to my dad and not seeing my family. Um, so I know a little bit of the pain, uh, but you still have to live your life for you and what makes your soul sing and what makes your heart feel great. And it's going to be hard and boundaries were tough. I had to lay them down in my family and it was really, really hard, really, really painful, but I'm happier on the other side of it because they all realized, okay, she doesn't eat chicken. So talk to me then about having to redefine what success looks like, because you've had this dream. Oh my God, I'm going to go to Hollywood. You said it, right? You were telling your parents from a really young age, you get there, you get sick, you realize, okay, this is actually not healthy for me. I need to change my lifestyle. Um, so what did that process of redefining success look like to, to, to get you basically to where you are now, where you're really empowering people on the health front, your better together podcast, Mm -hmm. um, 
how did you redefine that what did that look like um because the one thing that I personally found difficult and I know a lot of the audience do is identity and shifting your identity to be from this person to this person as you make those pivots Mm -hmm. I guess one of the things that Kevin's most frustrated with me for in life as he's my like coach and manager and stuff like that in a sense is that my identity was never tied to any of this and so I just am a happy person and I love life and I love experiencing things and I love having fun so um I love achieving but I'm not I'm not connected to it in that way where I need it and so it's a different thing I don't know like um I just have like a genuine zest for like life and experience and stuff so um for me the the shift wasn't hard first of all I was totally burnt out totally exhausted by it all and I knew that um that it wasn't what I was meant to do either right um it just kind of happened and I was good at it and I did it and and so my my calling after surgery I knew and I remember doing an interview with people magazine was to do stuff that was meaningful and purposeful like and then of course I always want to have fun but I just watch the universe lay out the tiles for my life and I just kind of follow I just I ask every day as I always have to show me the way and I'll work hard and I'll be a good person and I'll just I'll go with the flow. Like rather than like trying to swim upstream in life, I'm like, I'll just ride the flow. I'm just going to go where I'm supposed to go and do what I'm supposed to do. And I trust the universe. And there are moments where I'm like, Oh my God, did I just throw everything away? Was that stupid? Oh shit. I, I have to figure out my health insurance. Uh, uh, oh shit. Uh, money. Oh yeah. That's important. Ooh, ooh. And then like, I have that like, uh, and then I'm like, what are you going to do? It'll all work out. God always has me. I've always been guided. I've always been protected. Why would I not be now? And the more I wake up to things, the more challenging things get with my mom, the more challenging it's all gotten in the last few months. I am so clear that this is what I've been meant to do. So, you know, I know every day and even more recently, we're getting more and more messages from people that say the show has transformed their life, changed their life or saved their life. That means something so much more to me than getting the exclusive on Angelina Jolie breaking up with Brad Pitt, right? That means something to me. And it makes me feel like I'm making a difference. And I think at this point in my life, that's what's fueling me. And um, and I just know that I'm supposed to be here and this is what I'm supposed to do. And I, I feel like everything else will just fall into place. Are there any little things in that, as you were going through the flow allowed you to say this is now my purpose because as I'm hearing you talking it sounds amazing obviously where you've got into what you've achieved what you build is incredible and the people you're impacting is amazing the one thing though is as you're saying I just go with the flow sometimes a lot of people that go with the flow end up going nowhere because they're just like oh this is great oh this is great and then they absolutely they almost don't find a purpose were you almost reassessing every day or moment like almost like what you were saying about um, I've heard you talk about gratitude and things like that yeah but are you reassessing every day as you go with the flow to see what is fitting and what isn't yeah I think like redefining success was a really big thing for me and I kept I wanted to write an article about it and I talked about it on my show and stuff but redefining success was really important for me because I don't need a lot and I don't want a lot but I think that um 
for me, it was redefining success and knowing that just because I can doesn't mean I should. And then making choices. Yeah. Making choices that supported that where it's like, is this going to serve my soul? Is this going to make me feel like I'm, I'm living my purpose or is this going to make me feel happy and have fun? And if it wasn't, then I was like, no, not interested. And then, you know, making those kind of tough decisions, but I'm not just like loosey goosey, I guess about it. I I've had direction with this show where I know every day I'm happy. Every time I do an interview and I chat with somebody and I learn something or I'm able to add my experience and, and, and let people feel less alone out there as they're caregiving for their loved ones and, and sharing the stories of what we've gone through, I feel alive. And so I follow that feeling of resonance, right? So we talk about resonance and dissonance. If something's lighting you up, that's where you go. You know, if you're just like miserable and you're like, how do I get out of this? And you're yawning, but that's not something you should do. So I really started looking in the beginning stages of this at like resonance and dissonance and doing what lit me up because what lights you up is what you're going to be consistent with and what you're going to put your time and energy into. And then that's what's going to yield success. So you start with the resonance, you follow that, you keep listening to the guidance, you keep listening to the messages and you get to keep asking for them. And if you trust and you surrender to it and you kind of really manage the fear because the fear is so disempowering and it really won't give you good choice making skills. Um, you know, I believe that you'll be okay. <sighs> what a great place to end girl. Where can people <laughs> find you and your new podcast and your show? Where can everyone find you? Okay. So better together with Maria Menounos. It's a daily show. It's a life improvement show. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Apple podcasts. The easiest thing is to just follow me on Instagram at Maria Menounos. If you don't know how to spell Menounos, it's me noun OS. Um, or you can go to better together with Maria. And if you click the link tree, the link on the um, bio, it'll show you everywhere you can find us. Um, we're on every single day with the best experts in all areas of life to help you on your journey. And we're on it with you. Guys, 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 seriously, go check out this woman's show. Me and the hubby happen to have been on it. But seriously, go check it out. She's an incredible host and the value she is bringing to people is just absolutely mind-blowing. So go follow her, go check it out. And guys, if this episode did bring you value, please, please do share it, like, subscribe, comment, and follow me at Lisa Bilyeu. And until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Peace out.